You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the middle of the fifth chapter of Maser Sheni, and we're still in the question of Kerem Ruvai, this fourth-year vineyard, which isn't quite Orla, because we can eat from the, from the vineyard in the fourth year, but we can't eat from it randomly. We bring it to Jerusalem just like, and eat from it there, just like Maser Sheni. And we're still exploring the parallels between the laws of this fourth-year vineyard and Maser Sheni. But in order to carry on exploring these parallels, and in order to carry on learning the Mishnah, we need to just refresh our minds on a couple of concepts which we've looked at before, by the way, in these Masertot, and we need to look at a few Pesukim. Because remember, the Chazal, when they're repeating the Mishnah, I mean, they actually know the Mishnah off by heart, by the way, but they certainly know the Pesukim off by heart. They know the verses off by heart. And we can't really understand the Mishnah unless we refresh our memories as to the verses. So we will start with the concepts, then we'll look at the verses, and then we'll be able to jump confidently into the Mishnah in the middle of chapter 5. Let's take a look at the hierarchy of donations. We've looked at this slide many times before. We've got gleanings for the poor, bikurim, first fruits, the corner, the gleaning, the forgotten sheaves. There are, there are, by the way, gleanings of vineyards too, which we're going to touch on today. We've got the trimmer between one and a half and two and a half percent. We've got maaser rishon given to levi'im, and maaser sheni. We've always said is ten percent. It's eaten in Jerusalem but only in years one, two, four, and five of the seven-year cycle. Because in years three and six, Maser Sheni becomes Maser Ani. It becomes poor people's Maser. It's not taken to Jerusalem, but it's distributed for poor people in the locality. Let's take a look at the Pesukim, and then we'll jump in to the Mishnah. And the first Pasuk is from Re'eh. We've looked at Re'eh before when looking at tithes. And it mentions the timetable. At the end of three years, we're going to bring, or you shall bring out in that year, all the tithes of your produce, and you put it in your gates, and the levi, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and all these people come and eat it. And there's this idea of bringing out. Now, do you remember when we learned about shuvit? We learned there's a certain point when you can no longer store the produce in your house, and you have to bring it out to the field for anyone to take from it. So the same idea here. At the end of three years, you have to bring out. Well, what are we bringing out? Probably we're bringing out Maser Sheni that we've designated, but we haven't dealt with yet. Maybe we designated it, but we haven't brought it up to Jerusalem yet. Anyway, if it's still in our house, we have to bring it out. And of course, the third year's Maser Sheni is for poor people, as we learn, and, and we, we give it to the poor people. And then when we do bring it up to Jerusalem, we make a declaration. And this declaration is from the parasha of Kitavo. If we listen very carefully, we'll hear it. 
on Shabbat, I think it's the um, second, I think it's the second Aliyah. Second Aliyah of Kitavor. Listen very carefully for the declaration that you make when you finish tithing. And what you say is, you say that, you, I mean, you, you, you make this declaration when you've made an end of the tithing, when you've given it to the Levi and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow. These are all the people that have no essentially social status. The, the gare, the, the father, the, the orphan, the widow. And then you say, Biarti hakodesh min habayit. Biur is the same expression that we learnt in the Mishnah of Shavit. It's to get rid of or to burn, to, to destroy. Biarti hakodesh min habayit. I've got all the hallowed stuff out of my house. And I've given them to the Levi and the stranger and the fatherless. That's the declaration which we need to make on Ma'aser. Now, let's go back to the Mishnah. Well, in a minute, we'll go back to the Mishnah. We'll see how this is reflected in the Mishnah. But before that, I just want to show you one more puzzle. This is from Kedoshim. And it's about gleaning. You can't glean your vineyard. You can't gather up the single grapes. They're left for the poor. And we're going to see this refer, we'll see these ideas, the gleaning and the single grapes referred to just as much as we're going to see the biur referred to in this Mishnah. So let's have a look at the Mishnah. Let's look at the Mishnah now. We're in Mishnah 3 of the fifth chapter. Kerem Rivai, fourth year vineyard. Beit Shammai Omrim, Ein Luchomesh for Ein Lo Biur. Beit Shammai says, the added fifth. Remember, we explained that in order to redeem something, we need to add a fifth, actually a quarter in today's money, but the Mishnah always says a fifth. In order to redeem Maaser Sheni, we need to add a fifth. And Beit Shammai is saying, for as far as the fourth year vineyard is concerned, even though we do bring it to Jerusalem, like Maaser Sheni, we don't need to add the fifth. And by the way, the Ein Lo Ein Lo it doesn't have, we don't, we don't need to remove it from the house. And Beit Hillel says, we do. Just like Maser Sheni, everything that applies to Maser Sheni applies to the fourth year vineyard. And Beit Shammai is going to go in the same, along the same lines. Beit Shammai is going to say, Yeshlo Peret, for Yeshlo Ololot. The um, laws of single grapes and gleanings apply to them. So the poor can come in and take these grapes and then they can redeem them in the fort. They can redeem them themselves. Beit Hillel says, gosh, you know, this is uh, the, the laws. This is a bit like Maaser Sheni. The poor can't take from the Maaser Sheni. The poor have already had their taking before the Maaser Sheni. So Beit Hillel is saying, look, the fourth year vineyard is just like Maaser Sheni. The poor have already had their taking. Everything goes to the wine press, i.e. everything goes to the owner and then he takes it to Jerusalem or he redeems it. What's the dispute between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai? Basically, Beit Hillel is saying, Kerem Rivai, the fourth year vineyard, is like Maser Sheni. And Beit Shammai is saying, mm, not quite. And of course, the, the halacha, of course, goes like, as usual, goes, goes like Beit Hillel. Having established that principle, the Mishnah is going to ask, well, actually, how does the redemption work? Because we, we can't bring all this stuff to Jerusalem. We need to convert it to money. So how does it work? 
and we are going to estimate its value. How do we redeem the fruit? Okay, so let's put down a basket in the presence of three. We, can, we know already if we require three people, this is a non-standard valuation. If it were an easy valuation, we just take the present, we just take one value. We're taking three values. So it's a non-standard valuation. He's going to say, how many baskets would a man wish to redeem for himself on condition that he pays the production costs? So the cost we're redeeming is not the full market price. It's just the production cost of the grapes, just the input costs and the and the and the harvest costs of the grapes and then so we're, we're making it easy for him to redeem he's not redeeming at full market price and that's why by the way why we need three people because the market price of grapes is obvious but the production cost of grapes is not quite so obvious and then he puts down the money and then he declares whatever shall be picked from this is redeemed for this money i.e he designates the money for so many baskets and he can then go and pick so many baskets from the field for whatever money he's put, he's put down and the mishnah continues in the same this the next mission is really just a continuation in the seventh year he redeems it at full value why is that well there's no production cost in the seventh year he's not allowed to work the land and the Mishnah continues, let's say he made it all ownerless. Well, we can't, maybe he doesn't want the trouble of bringing all this to Jerusalem, right? Maybe in the fourth year, he just makes it ownerless. If he makes it ownerless, this is obviously not in the seventh year. I mean, in the seventh year, it's ownerless anyway. But in some other year, some other year that's not the seventh year, he can't be bothered to take this stuff to Jerusalem. He just makes it ownerless. Anybody who who picks it can just redeem it for the price for the for the cost of picking it i.e the harvest cost that's the that someone who picks ownerless fruit only has production only has harvest cost not production cost and then the mishnah closes and this is repeating the halacha which essentially we know from beit hillel in in the, the first mission we looked at if you redeem the f if you redeem your own reva, if you redeem your own fourth year vineyard, you add a fifth. That's the same halacha we know from Master Shani. You add a fifth, whether the fruit was your own or whether it was given to you as a gift. This is directly parallel with the halacha we already learned about regular Master Shani. And now we're beginning to see a bit really why this rather the rather this chapter about the fourth year vineyard, which seems out of place in a tractate about Maserichini, we're going to see really why we, we can now begin to see why it sits in the tractate of Maserichini, because the the halachot are parallel to Maserichini, and we're going to learn and where the halacha is argued, it's argued out with reference to. Master Shane. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>